Thanks for tuning in to Renoites. Renoites is a interview podcast hosted by myself, Connor McQuivy, here in Reno, Nevada. I talk to all sorts of folks from Northern Nevada. This is one of a series of bonus episodes that I'm recording live at the Riverside Farmers Market. We are between normal seasons of the Renoites podcast right now, but I still want to be able to share businesses, nonprofits, people's stories throughout the summer. One of the ways I'm going to do that is by being at the Riverside Farmers Market most Sundays at Idlewild Park from 8 to 1, and sharing some mini episodes, usually about 10 to 20 minutes, with some of the other vendors from the market. I hope you enjoy this one as well as the others to come. If you have suggestions for guests, please let me know. Send me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renoites.com. Tune into the regular episodes, which will be returning in the beginning of September, and I have live episodes coming up as well. Of course, if you enjoy this show and appreciate the work that I'm doing, I would love your financial support as well. You can learn more at patreon.com slash renoites. And now this week's special episode live from the Riverside Farmers Market. Brad Allard, welcome to Renoites. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am a vendor at the Riverside Farmers Market. You are a vendor at the Riverside Farmers Market. You were right next door to me a couple weeks ago. So you have soaps and what kind of uh, products do you have at your at your booth? Uh, so it's mostly soap and a couple of soap accessories, mm-hmm. I guess you would call them. So it's it's a bunch of bar soaps, a few liquid soaps and shampoos, and then I have like loofahs and soap dishes and Gotcha. So you have a background in science, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? So you're a you are a scientist. I am. I I am a materials physicist uh, by training, from UNR. Okay. What can you tell me? What that is? <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm a physicist, but I specialized in in materials. There's a lot of overlap with chemistry. It's making exotic materials to do something specific, hmm. and then a lot of testing the properties of those materials to make sure, one, that you made what you th- were trying to make, mm-hmm. and then also testing it to see if it'll do what you want it to do. So a lot of times it's it's trying to make a material to do something better than an existing material. The work I did very briefly was uh, trying to make a nanoparticle material so the material that I made was it's a photocatalyst, and so the idea was I can take dirty, polluted water and add my material. It takes sunlight and uses that energy to break down pollutants in the water to produce hydrogen that's usable as a fuel. Okay. And then turn the water into less polluted water. Gotcha. So it, obviously you have an interest in the environment, like the soaps that you sell. It's all a lot of natural materials. How does that work? I guess with science, sometimes I think of like the natural being kind of at odds with the science. Science creates all the artificial materials, <laughs> but you are a scientist who's using natural materials, right? Sure. Can you, can you just talk a little bit about that kind of like science versus nature part of the, the products that you create? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are companies out there and, and they employ scientists to make synthetic materials. A lot of soaps uh, that you buy from the store are made with uh, detergents which are synthetic cleaners Hmm. but going back to the roots of soap it was made from an oil and lye the lye turns that oil into a fatty acid salt that cleans Mm -hmm. and a lot of the basis of some chemicals start off as something from nature there's like 
natural ingredients, there's naturally derived ingredients, mm-hmm. and then there's synthetic ingredients. I stay away from the synthetic ingredients altogether. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is a lot of times those are based on um, petroleum. Mm-hmm. Or there's just a chain of this synthetic material mixed with that synthetic material, and then we get this new synthetic material. And mm-hmm. But like you said, I'm, I'm very interested in protecting the environment. And so I, as much as I can, use natural ingredients straight from nature. And then I use naturally derived ingredients where I have to use something that's man-made. Gotcha. So it does come from a plant or yeah. whatever. Like even the lye comes from a factory but it's derived from wood ash. Okay, right on. How, when did you start making soaps and these kind of things? Uh, how did you start? It started off with, I realized I like bar soap much more than, than body wash. I was just kind of like, you know, this bar soap I'm using is drying my skin out, and so I tried something else, and that one didn't last long enough, and then the other one didn't lather, and mm. this one's too hard, and just I couldn't find one that was what I liked and then I, I discovered natural soaps and I, I really liked those a lot better but there was a lot of inconsistency from one soap to the other and I spent probably two years just buying every soap and artisan soap and fancy soap and cheap soap and <laughs> just everything and trying it out and like oh no this one's crap yeah <laughs> that well, one's almost there but <laughs> yeah well I think a lot of people who make things that starts with because they can't find the thing that they're looking for, right? If you can't find it, you have to make it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I was like, I have a master's degree in physics. I know my way around a chemistry lab. How hard can it be to make soap? How hard, and, how hard is it to make soap? Uh, it's a trial and patience, but it's really not that hard, honestly. I spent a lot of time doing research and learning about all the different oils and what they do to soap. It turns out every oil behaves differently. Some of them do some really good things. Some of them do some pretty weird things. Sometimes it does good things and weird things. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to balance them and kind of made my recipes and figured out how much lye it takes to turn it into a good soap. Mm-hmm. And that took a lot of research and trial and error to figure it out. But I've kind of landed on a few recipes that seem to be people pleasers. They please me at least. <laughs> right on. Yeah, the trial and error part, I imagine, is a big part of getting started when you're making products like this. You use them on your body. They have smells, right? Like you don't want to mess up personal products like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Making sure that it smells all right and is pleasing for people and smell is such a personal experience. There's some things that I think smell terrible and people love them. And some things I think smell great and people are just like, ugh. Mm -hmm. Then making sure that it behaves well and is is not going to cause any issues for anyone, but has the properties and is a soap product that people are going to enjoy. And one of the things that I thought about before is not just what you're putting on your body, but what's going into our water system, right? Like if every day you get in the shower and you cover yourself in chemicals and then those all go down the drain and now our, you know, if everyone is doing that every day, that's a lot of materials that are going out into into nature. You know, like microplastics used to be a thing in a lot of products like face washes and things that have like mm-hmm. tiny bits of plastic in them and that lives forever. And then they find it like in our bloodstream and stuff or whatever. Is there kind of like a uh, 
you know, a, a nature focus of the reason that you're doing this or is it more personal? Yeah. So, so I kind of tell people that my goal is to make something that's good for you and good for the planet. And so as far as the environmental part goes, I really try to think about cradle to grave with the ingredients, how the ingredients are made and harvested and processed and then how I process it. But then what happens to it after you use it. Mm-hmm. So everything that I use is as much as possible ethically sourced, mostly organic. For example, I just stay away from palm oil mm. because that's one of those things that in itself isn't bad, but the farming practices are not very good for right. a lot of in the environment. Mm-hmm. There are sustainable, ethical palm oils available they're just hard to find and very expensive Mm. so i just said you know i don't need palm oil i'm not going to use it it's easier that way yeah the soap that i make is biodegradable it's safe you can take it out backpacking and go take a shower Mm. take a bath and and not worry about poisoning the stream that you're camping next to oh right on from the beginning to the end, I try to make sure that my ingredients are not going to harm me. Right. How long have you been? Uh, how long have you been doing this? Uh, so I've been making soap for about a year and a half. I've been selling it for about a year. This is my first summer at the farmers market. What are your favorite products? Like, what are the things that people are most drawn to or most interested in when they come up to your booth? It kind of seems to go in waves. Um, I have some typical favorites that people seem to like or hate. Um, Depends on the person. Mm -hmm. I have a lavender patchouli soap that has lavender flowers in it, so it's slightly exfoliating. And that's always a favorite. But then there are some people that are just like, oh, my God, no patchouli. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it has a reputation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a little bit of a scientist hippie. Mm. So I like the patchouli. Right. (laughs) The dog shampoo was a sleeper hit. That was one of my experiments. Somebody, I do a lot of special requests. I I like the challenge. And um, I was asked if I could make a dog shampoo. And I spent a lot of time figuring out what's special and different about a dog shampoo and Mm. if I can do it and discovered I can. And so I tried it. I was doing a holiday market at the Holland Project and somebody discovered, hey, you have dog shampoo. Mm -hmm. And you could just kind of hear it like (laughs) filter through the building. And people were like, hey, I heard you have dog shampoo. And I sold out in in like 10 minutes. Oh, right on. What is is the difference with making a dog shampoo? There's a couple couple key differences. One is that dogs have like paper-thin skin and it's easily irritated. So there are some things that we can put on our skin that might be an irritant but it doesn't bother us too much Hmm. on a dog it would be like catastrophic okay and then the ph of their skin is different so we have a slightly acidic skin but we're also much more tolerant of a ph range than a dog is Hmm. A, a dog has a slightly basic skin just very slightly basic but they're not really very tolerant of anything outside of that range Gotcha. What do you hope to do with the biz? So you've been at the market for a little while. You've been making soaps and uh, working on that as a business. Do you work as a scientist as well? Or is this your your main gig? I don't. I work at Ace Hardware as my day job. I just help people figure out how to fix their house. Oh, right on. Um, Well, I mean, that also seems like it might overlap with 
science too, right? Like you're a uh, a problem solver, right? Yeah, I um, I definitely put those skills to use a lot. People come to me with some weird questions, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I try and figure out how's best to fix it. Mm-hmm. I used to work as a physicist, and I just am not cut out for the business casual world. Mm, yeah, I feel that. I forgot to ask you the name of your booth and your business. I call it Just Legit Soap. Um, the original name of my company was Just Good Soap. Mm. But I discovered that that name already exists. Ah. Um, man already has that name, and I didn't want to step on his toes. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like Just Legit Soap is a better name than Just Good Soap anyway, <laughs> so maybe it was for the best. But uh, yeah, it, it, um, it, I think it captures what my soap is. It's just legit soap. Nothing more, nothing less. I don't, there's, everything in it uh, serves a purpose. I don't have any ingredients that are there just to make it bubble, mm-hmm. for example. Because that is a big part of how um, big brand soaps work. Is, they, is it sodium laurel, laurel sulfate, something like that? There's sodium like, laurel sulfate yeah. and sodium laureth sulfate, SLS and SLES. Right. So what, those are just foaming agents, right? They just, they make the bubbles come? Yeah. So they put SLS in particular in like everything. All it does, it's a synthetic surfactant. It's a detergent. And all it does is bubble. Hmm. It doesn't help clean. They put it in toothpaste. Mm -hmm. to make your toothpaste bubbly. Right. Well, I I think, I can't remember where I read this, but even toothpaste, the reason it bubbles and the reason your mouth, like, feels fresh after you brush your teeth is because it has irritants in it and that makes your mouth feel tingly. And then we just have, like, associated, oh, my mouth is tingly and irritated. That must mean it's clean. Yeah. Yeah. And, interestingly enough, the uh, SLS sulfates in general are known to be irritants. Hmm. Um, They irritate your skin. And so if you have sensitive skin, (laughs) look on the package and see if it has SLS or SLES, and that could be irritating your skin. And it's only there to make it bubble. Mm -hmm. It it just blows my mind. Where can people find you? So you said you're here at the market the first Sunday of the month. But if people want to buy your products otherwise or follow you, are you on social media? How can people uh, connect with you? Um, Yeah, so I am here the first Sunday of the month. My soaps are on sale at Ace Hardware in Midtown and McConaughey in Midtown. I've got some liquid soap at Replenish in the old post office. I am on Instagram at Just Legit Soap. I show off my experiments there a lot of times and my new soaps I show pictures of. Oh, that's fun. I have done a couple of slightly scientific videos. I have a couple more that I want to do. Mm. I'm just trying to figure out how. Yeah. Have you read the book Lessons in Chemistry that was really popular last year that's about a scientist who has a cooking show and it seems like kind of a similar thing of like bringing science to something that people don't always think of as scientific. I haven't heard of that. Ah. I need to go find it. It was a, it was a big uh, like bestseller last year and there's going to be a TV series based on it too. So uh, I don't know. It's more about cooking and food, but it is, uh, you just reminded me of that when you're like, oh yeah, like the combination of a a scientist showing how products work seems kind of along similar lines. So yeah. Um, Great. Thank you so much for coming by the booth and talking today. It's good to talk to some of the other vendors here at the market. And for folks that are listening, you can, again, check them out on social media or come by the market and uh, buy some soap. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of Renoites from the Riverside Farmer's Market. If you have suggestions for future episodes or any kind of feedback, please let me know on Instagram at Renoites or send me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R at Renoites.com. And keep an eye on the podcast feed for more of these special episodes, as well as regular episodes coming back soon. I also have multiple live events. You can learn more about those on my Instagram at Renoites or at Renoites.com. Thank you so much for your support. See you soon. <laughs>